What's up, you guys? It's Kelsey again. Uh, Can you believe we are on episode 7? Episode 7, guys, that may not seem like a whole lot, but to me, it's a milestone. (laughs) To me, it's amazing. And I'm so excited to just be able to continue to do this. And actually, I have a couple more episodes lined up. You know, people are asking to be a part of my podcast. People are asking what topics they can talk about. And honestly, I don't want to limit my podcast, uh, except for politics. You know, we can avoid politics, if at all possible. But I just, it's such an amazing feeling to know that people are invested in this and so supportive of me doing this. Uh, in this episode, episode seven, you will hear a familiar voice, uh, Will Malone. Um, in this episode, we just we just get real. You know, it's it's not a staged or scripted podcast. You know, this is this is the type of conversation we would have had without it being recorded. So, and I just want to share it with you guys. Um, and again, just thank you so 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 much for continuing to listen, being supportive. And I hope you enjoy this episode. This iPhone, it's, it's very good quality recording. I'm it like really surprised is. at how easy it is to listen to it. It really is, but the more people you get, it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it needs to just be me. No. <laughs> mm, no. Um, what was that question? You asked me if I thought I was like unemotional. Yeah. yeah. Do you really? Yeah, I think I'm. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe this shows like how lack of awareness I have, but like I don't make decisions emotionally. See, I would argue the exact opposite. But yeah. how do you, how do you think you make decisions? Um, I think, well, okay, so I think I make decisions logically until those logical decisions make me realize like how unhappy logical decisions make me. I guess. Whoa. Okay. Like, okay, so, like, let's just put it this way. So, like, I think about school and all the jobs I've done and whatever, and I probably wouldn't have decided to go to college or do those jobs necessarily if there wasn't somebody in the picture that I knew I was, like, pleasing by doing those things. Mm. Like, for instance, I think it made my mom happy to know I went to college. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what else other to do other than go to college, so I had no other like backup or better thing I could be doing. But, mm-hmm. but I think that uh, I think that I've been kind of making thinking in terms of um, this decision would make me look responsible or make me feel responsible or whatever, and like kind of just make decisions that like a functioning member of society would make, not necessarily what decisions I should be making. So, I guess this uh, this <clears throat> decision to like leave Chattanooga and stuff is like one of my first real almost emotional situations. But one could argue it's logical because it's just what I need to be doing. Hmm. See, but like, why are you so worried about doing what a functioning member or of society or a functioning person would do? I'm not anymore. I mean, that's that's a that's a that that is purely fear based decision making, I suppose. So you would say that's where you were, like, when you were yeah, in yeah. college? <clears throat> yeah, I, I would say up until probably this time last year, I was just, like, it was maybe logic. Watch, <laughs> this is getting, like, so crazy. Uh, <laughs> it was maybe, like, logical decision-making based on fear. Fear is an emotion. Nah, I don't Well, okay, fine. Fine. <clears throat> maybe I was totally off base in saying this. No, no, no. I, keep going. No, like, I don't... Like, I'm not going to sit... If I'm upset about something or something's not going my way, instead of <clears throat> sitting around crying or being angry about it, I usually just get wake up the next day and work towards changing it. Yeah, okay. Like, I don't sit and think about my emotions. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what I mean. Okay. Like, I just don't, I don't, and I, I don't, I usually am moving too quickly to think about emotions. That's, that's kind of, and I usually try to move quickly so that the emotions can't catch up to me. Mm-hmm. So. Because you're an <laughs> emotional person. I mean... Isn't everybody? Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah, just... Yeah, I, th- I, I, I think so. I think... Unless you're a psychopath. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, I'm not a psychopath. No, uh, Or anything, but, you know, I... Like, I do feel it catch up to me. Like, I, I feel like, you know, it's really going to get me when I, like, am eventually a dad. I'm going to cry my eyes out all the time. When you're a dad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's catching up to you now because you... You finally made that big decision that you haven't 
been in a place to be able to make in the past three years. Yeah, and I guess, too, is when you live a life of only just pragmatic decision-making, that's kind of a miserable life to live. Mm. If you're just living based on, like, a chessboard that mm. you're playing, <clears throat> that's not really a life, and chances are that chessboard is not really going to work out mm-hmm. <laughs> to be anything. Not in your favor. Yeah, I mean, and you're just going to, like, hurt relationships and stuff. So I guess I guess I'm opening my heart to some emotion, emotional thinking. Mm-hmm. Eh, what am I saying? This is all BS. No, I, it's I, not. No, I mean, like, as far as, like, I, this whole year has been just an emotional, like, t- tornado for me. So, yeah. I, I'm like, I'm just, who am I kidding? I'm um, like, I've been, like, in the most emotional state I've ever been in mm. this past year. Well, like, even more just, emotional than my parents' divorce, like, this mm. year. Because it's like, it's like, I am calling the shots now. Mm. Instead of... There's no advisor telling me what classes I should be picking. There's no uh, necessarily, like, uh, somebody imparting wisdom or employing me. And it's, it's like, all I have to be accountable to myself. And mm. it's kind of like, I have to, like, look at myself long and hard about things now. And I can't avoid looking at myself by just doing what other people tell me. That's terrifying. Yeah, it was a good it was a good uh, mechanism for avoiding self reflection. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I I reflect a lot. Like I I would say I'm a pretty contemplative person anyway, so like I look at myself a lot, but like to not take orders from somebody in the day-to-day like at night like I can think about all the stuff I'm doing you know mm-hmm. but like when I'm at work it's like I can avoid what I really know I need to be doing oh, okay. and so that's what it is is like I'm finally doing what I think I need to be doing which means I don't if I mess up or make a mistake I can't blame anybody but me <laughs> So that's it. Okay, so I 100% get that. And then there's two things you need to watch. So, or one listen to, one watch. Brene Brown. I've read both of her books. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, we watched. And listened to her keynote, too. We watched her TED Talk last night yeah, on vulnerability. Yeah. And Leah actually just got through reading her book, uh, one of the books. I don't. Uh, oh, crap, what's it called? I just put it in my box and sent it off. Uh, Oh. Like to storage because I otherwise, uh, uh, I can't think daring of it. greatly. No, that's not it. Oh, that's the one before the new one, then. Well, what's the new one called? Uh, yeah, I can't use my, but yeah, daring greatly is the one, is the first one I read, and that's the one that is my favorite. Hold on, you can keep talking while I look. Vulnerability this is definitely a theme, braving the wilderness, rising strong. I don't think so. I thought it was just me, but it isn't. Mm-mm. Dang, she's written a lot of books. Yeah. Dare to Lead. Nope. Uh, pre- no, that's not. Yeah, this, those are the only ones. Yeah, Braving the Wilderness, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong. I thought it was just me. Anyway, this is... This, oh, I'll this. ask her. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't... She just finished it, I think. Anyways, vulnerability is like the theme of the, the past week for sure, but I feel like if... If we look back over the past That's year. That's what Daring Greatly is about. Vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you heard my the last podcast episode, being vulnerable. And yes, uh, you talked about living alone, which is something I've, to be honest with you, never experienced. Well, um, and how you have to face yourself, and you, there's nobody yeah. else around to blame for the anger. Yeah. It's like, I have to face it. Yeah. You know? You're just alone with well, yourself. Anna, Anna was gone this past weekend, and I'm not going to lie. Like that, It's it's hard for me now to mm. live just even a couple days by myself right mm. now, and just because of the weird year and the weird um, state I'm in. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know, yesterday was kind of a turning point. Oh, yeah, we went where, with... Yeah, I was hanging out with a friend. I, it's... <laughs> It's funny, so, like, this year is the first time I ever, like, said on social media or anything, like, put my name and artist in the same sentence, like, even though, even though, you know, I studied art in college and all that stuff, but it's, like, because I realized, um, you know, I used to post photos every day, and 
it, you know, uh, I used to think it was just because I, I liked posting, which I do like posting. There's something satisfying about it because you feel like you finished something and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, like, then I was taking photos that I wasn't posting for a while. Like, 2016 and 2017, I took a lot of photos that have never seen the light of day. And, uh, and then I realized, no, I'm doing this to feed the beast inside of me <laughs> because it's therapeutic in a way. And I feel like every time I stop, I just get crazy miserable mm-hmm. and crazy. I just get crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so part of me didn't want to admit it because I've always wanted to rebel against like the artist stereotype because, you know, going to s- school with artists, you kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to be one of these people. <laughs> Like, you know, it's like you get, you you know, you just dress weird just because you're like, I'm weird. I'm an artist, you know, and I I didn't want to be that. I wanted to be just like me and, you know, maybe do like art stuff uh, on the on the side there. But um, but anyway, so I I really um, this year I kind of decided like, eh, let's just be real. Just be real with yourself. Will. like, I mean, you you like making weird stuff and you do it because you have to like it's just like a reflex now and I do it in my way and it's just like I've started to like get a little bit of a style Mm -hmm. and um and so uh I've been like I don't know I've been making a point to hang out with other people who think that way because I don't have I don't I don't have any friends like that like Mm -hmm. I'm kind of alone as far as my friend group because I always avoided hanging out with artists because it's like I just really didn't want that baggage. I don't want to be, like, put in a box or a group, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, I've really, uh, I really, like, uh, last week I hung out with a guy named Robert Schoolfield, who's an incredible painter, and he just, like, invited me to a studio, and we hung out. Mm-hmm. And I had a similar conversation with him. He's like, yeah. He's like, it's not a thing. Like, people, people love the artist lifestyle like everybody wants to live like an artist but they just don't understand it's like what does that mean to live like an artist it well it's like for like somebody who's an artist a lot of the times it's like you know like i would be i would love to be happy in a cubicle you know Mm. making a solid salary (laughs) yeah but i just know that's just i can't right i just can't do it Mm -hmm. that's just something i can't do and uh you know and and I was talking to Robert, and he was saying the same thing. Well, yesterday I hung out with my friend Jonathan Pregg, who's also an incredible painter, and I've been friends with him since college, uh, since I was a freshman in college. And um, and he uh, he's come back to Chattanooga for a little bit, and so we just like walked around and hung out yesterday, just chatted, mm-hmm. and uh, we were talking about um, we were talking just about kind of <laughs> we talked about Instagram and how like. How, like, Instagram kind of sucks until you really dig deep into it and find things that are, like, part of your world a little bit. Once mm-hmm. you dig past, like, the travel bloggers and, like, the blue-ass water and white-ass buildings, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, all the bikinied women and, like, workout fitness people. Oh, it was, like, it's, like, once you dig through that, you can find, like, the people who actually, like, make good quality cool things that are mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. but those people don't have any followers that's why they're hard to find <laughs> like and why is that that well i mean i know why it is but I, I can get i can i can have a three-part podcast about that it's twisted you know it's <laughs> well it's like cable television it's like you know lost gets millions of viewers because it's for everyone but you know right. a good niche show like Mad Men, which is higher quality you know like so, like, few people are going to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, your grandparents and parents aren't going to watch Mad Men, but right. they'll watch uh, The Blacklist, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's like it's like you want to capture everybody, or do you want to just capture a small subgroup and just make something really cool and right. different? Mm-hmm. I mean, not everything's for everybody. I mean, that's just how it is. Was that you and I talking about that today? Well, we have. I think I've said that on a podcast before, but... Um, but anyway, so I was saying too, is like when you go to a small college like I did and you're in like a photography class and I've been doing photography since high school. So I came in there with like some, a little bit of know-how, which for me was like stoking the ego fire is like, Oh, I know more than all these people. So, you know, I, it was easy to feel like a big fish in a little pond, Mm. but you're not a big fish if you're in a little pond. Like that doesn't doesn't mean you're a big fish, you know? And, uh, and so, 
you know, a way that my fear of doing what I know I need to be doing manifested is saying like knocking down, uh, you know, trying to like, uh, downgrade the accomplishments of somebody who is doing what I wanted to do Mm. by saying, I've thought about it. I've decided I don't want to go that route because I'm above that or whatever. Mm. And so the past, uh, I would say officially probably a year has really like been just a total, just like, uh, knock Will down a few pegs uh, year mm. um, where Will learns that he is not all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> and so I was talking to my friend uh, because, you know, I shoot, I shoot like double exposures, but I'm still like, I, I'm in this weird zone right now because like I shoot weddings and professionally and stuff. Um, and I'm starting to be able to integrate some of my, some of my actual style in that, but I'm in a place where like, people still want me to shoot like photos they saw on Pinterest which mm-hmm. kind of sucks but like to be honest like I haven't shot enough weddings for people to be like I like the way you shoot them like the, the only solution to that is I just need to just shoot as many weddings as possible right and so I just that's just time yeah, you know it'll I, I think two or, th- two or three years I can take control of you'll more. be the photographer known for your style exactly rather and, than just another photographer and I've had a chance like artistically in my like personal life and my personal photos to kind of develop a weird look um uh, and with professional stuff I just haven't been doing it long enough to and intense enough to be able to do that in the same way but I'm I'm slowly starting to meld the two mm-hmm. um but anyway so I found so like I do these double exposure things which if for the audience that doesn't know I shoot a photo and then lay another photo on top of it and that's that's based in film you know with film you shoot onto, uh, you know, film, and then you just don't, um, you, you like, don't, uh, crap, what's the word? Uh, like, you don't forward the film. Like, oh. you don't go to the next photo. You just leave it, and then you shoot it again, and then, like, I no idea push you it to the next frame. do that. Like, well, you can't, and, some, and most cameras, that, like, film cameras I have, I have to kind of hack it to get the film to not go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so... Anyways, like, my digital camera has that feature. So all of my double exposures are in camera. So it's essentially the same principle. Mm -hmm. In my camera, I can shoot a photo and then shoot another photo and they will lay on top of each other. Mm -hmm. So I don't do Photoshop with it. I hardly edit them really at all. um, Because, and I just like to do it all in camera because it's like a, it's a fun technique and I play around with it. Um, And so, like, I've been doing that since probably, like, I don't know, 2014, like, four years-ish, 2013-ish. So, probably four or five years I've been doing that. And I've slowly kind of, like, started to add some depth to them. Like, before I was kind of, like, copying, like, a bunch of Flickr photos and different techniques and stuff. And now I've kind of just started, like, playing with different ideas. And with film, I'm doing it to where, you know, I'm about to do... I'm about to do a series where I shoot one all the photos in one camera and then move the roll of film to another camera and shoot the second round with another camera and so i'm like experimenting with that just because i just like i like to think of photography as like a lab and i just like to like put things together and try things out yeah um and uh but i was always like annoyed because i would dig online and be like i don't see people doing double exposures like you know, and I'm like, this technique's been around as old as time. So like, I was like, certainly somebody else is doing, like his his dove into this. You know, kind of like I've really been diving into yeah. it. I'm like, certainly. And so finally, I found these couple of artists. Um, one of them is like an actor who also does photography. Another one is a guy I found through him. And I mean, their work is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And they do double exposures. Similarly, one of them does surrealist landscapes with double exposure, which is, like, crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy does... He kind of does like me, where he, like, documents his life and shoots a lot of pictures of his wife and that kind of stuff with mm-hmm. it. Because, I mean, that, the only thing I know what to create is, like, what my life is, you know? I, I mean, that's, that's what... I, I mean, I'm not that original. <laughs> it's like, I shoot things that are happening. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so, so I found these guys, and I, it made me really realize, like, you know... I'm not bad at photography. Like, I've spent enough time with it now. Like, I feel comfortable doing just about anything. And, and, and like, and it may give me... I may have a rough start, but I can pick it up. Like, wedding photography, for instance, like, doesn't intimidate me anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I can go in there and shoot a decent set of photos. Mm-hmm. But, like, artistically, I see these guys work, and I'm like, man. Like, my stuff looks 
so juvenile compared to that. Like, it's just like, I, I just realized, I told you this earlier today, but I'm gonna repeat it for the podcast, but like, I feel like I'm at the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've just been rushing and patient towards something, towards being big, famous, rich, whatever. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And that I'm just running out of time. But I'm, tw- I'm 26. <laughs> and these guys that are like shooting photos like really well, they're like 30s, 40s, maybe yeah. 50s. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was just crazy to me. It made me realize like I'm probably not going to make my best work today. Yeah. And if I realize that and wake up to that, it makes now a hell of a lot easier because I put so much pressure on myself to make my best work today. Like right. that's, that's how I live in my mind. Like mm. I wake up and I have a list of things that I want to accomplish and they're untenable. They're insane. It's an insane list of things right. that I have the expectation to accomplish. And nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, I don't accomplish them. And then I go home and I am my own punching bag where it's like, you are the worst. You are a failure. You didn't accomplish these things. And then, and then the next day I wake up and I get super impatient and super angry. Why aren't I accomplishing more? Why aren't I doing more? And then I just like grip my teeth, grind my teeth down. I went to the dentist. They're like, you need a mouth guard because you just grind your teeth down. And I just like, I'm so like angry about like, I can't like, I want to do all of these things. And I just, I want to do them now, you know, like Mm -hmm. Veruca Salt in Willy Wonka. It's like, I want it now, daddy. It's like, I, I am like a petulant child and every single day. And then through that, I get angry and then I take it out on, you know, me first. Then I'll end up taking it, around, taking it out on the people around me. Yeah. And then I get impatient and I think I have to focus on this goal. Screw friends, screw family. This is the mission. Mm. And that really like bites me in the butt and I burn bridges that way and it's awful. It's an awful way to live. Mm-hmm. And it go, it's an endless cycle. Mm-hmm. If I don't stop that, I will do that until the day I die and I will die with nothing. <laughs> yeah. So where's, where's the fun in that? No, okay, yeah. so how do you what how do you think you'll be able to stop it? I don't know. I passed this morning has been like the real first day where I really just kinda realized like, you know, chill out. Mm-hmm. I just grabbed a, the joint of life and just took a big old drag and was just like, <laughs> today is today. What's going to happen is going to happen. And yeah. I still accomplished some things, but I'm just trying to like coach myself to just be like, <laughs> you are a human man. <laughs> you cannot yeah. like just calm down. If you don't do this today, try to do it tomorrow. If you don't do it tomorrow, try to do it the next. I right. mean, just like, just need to get over it, get over myself about it. So because the reality is the only person that has set those expectations on you yeah, me. is you. Yeah, yeah, so I can set less expectations mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day. And it also just makes life easier. I would rather, like, I want to be a chill dude. I don't have it in me. That's just not my personality. <laughs> I'm not, like, a chill guy. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I want to try to be. Right. You know. Mm. I just ha- I just, I can't live this way anymore. It's like this year has been, like, gray like I've grown so many gray hairs this year because of all the stress I put on myself mm-hmm. for no reason mm-hmm. well and where's the fun in being perfect right now yeah then I don't enjoy where's, the process where's the fun in being your best self the best version of yourself at 26 years old exactly you can be the best version of yourself at as a 26 year old but not the best version of yourself as in the person you're going to be the day you die and I'm not going to be the best version of myself ever. Like, that's the thing. You, you never reach that goal. Like, that's just, no, that goalpost okay. moves. Right. <laughs> yes, I agree. So, because it's almost like, why would you, my thing is like learning. I don't ever want to stop learning mm-hmm. about new things. I always want something else to learn. Where's the fun in knowing everything? <laughs> or where's the fun in knowing everything about myself and just being complacent right now? Yeah. That terrifies me. Not growing terrifies me. Well, yeah, and I think about that too. Is like you know, know it all, egotistical will. If he knows everything and has done everything, is the best at everything. Like, what's left? Mm. No, I mean, I just really like my goal for myself is to put on my horse blinders and just like look at what's in front of me 
mm-hmm. do that, then go to the next thing, and not worry about what other people think, what other people are doing, what other people, what who I need to be better than, who I need to whatever. Close out the outside world, keep with my you know circle of friends and family, and just like just one step, next step, just keep going, you yeah. know, and just like close out all the noise. There's just so much noise, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and it's easy to see somebody and really, like, make it your goal to, like, be better than them, you know? Mm-hmm. And then that just can consume you and then ruins your life. And mm-hmm. then you ruin all kinds of relationships as, as a result. And that's just, like, I just, I don't want to live that way. Because I, I, I have the capacity to, and, I, and I've right. done it, and I don't, it's horrible, and I don't want it. Well, so I want to go back to something you said earlier. You were talking about how you couldn't find anybody out there except for these two guys who did mm-hmm. double exposure work. Do, yeah. you, do you see that as a bad thing? As something no. negative or a good thing? Because I think of it as a good thing. No, I just I just didn't want... I, I guess for me, like, I didn't want to create this delusion that, like, I was so original. Because I knew... I mm. knew for a fact, like, certainly... I'm not the first person that thought, let's shoot the first photo and shoot the next photo out of focus. That might make a cool... Like, certainly. Like, I knew I wasn't. Right, yeah. But, like, I had been digging, and it's like... It really is, like we were talking about earlier, like, impossible on social media to dig past the, like... 10 million follower like travel bloggers like right and the inspirational blah 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 motivational speaker like it is like they are front and center on everything because they figured out the algorithm mm-hmm. and the other people who are actually making something original they just want to make something original they just want to create they just want to do their thing right and post it and be done with it mm-hmm. and that's what I struggle with is because like I get into the marketing stuff and I, I love I love marketing and I love the science and stuff about all that but the other half of me just wants to do the work and then put it out and be done with it. Mm-hmm. So I, I am like half business minded, half art minded. And those two have just been like in total battle with each other the whole time. And it's like kind of crazy because I don't know what to do with it. So I'm like, I guess I can try to meld them somehow. But I, you know, but again, I'm 26. I don't need to meld them tomorrow. No. Like I probably won't do my best work till I'm like, I mean like 10 years from now. I mean, I'll be 35. That's still, people consider that young, you know? I mean, like, it's like... We are young. We're babies. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) if my goal is simply to be better every day, then in 10 years, you'll be better. I mean, it's like, it's just... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to try to get this out and have it make sense. So you were talking about how you feel like you have rushed, 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 rushed to get to that tip of the iceberg. Yeah. To where you think is like, you have peaked. Like, this is as good as it gets. No, I think it's good that you're up there. Does that mean I get messages when it lights up? No, it just lights up. Okay. <laughs> and, okay, and you said that the other people out there, you feel like you've reached them? Is that what you were saying? No, I say, like, I haven't even, like, scratched the surface right. of, like... And I think that's good, because when they thought they had peaked at first, they hadn't scratched the surface. So now you're at a place where you were trying to get recognized. And what's the point in somebody following you if you if you're already good if you're already the best you know what I mean like there's not going to be any improvement there's not going to be anything to look forward yeah. to in the next thing that you put out you know what I mean yeah like I mean who would have thought like I don't know how long have you been doing these three sixty five seven years uh yeah something like that I mean <laughs> yeah about that yeah. I've always thought that your photos were good like seven years ago when you started doing them yeah. but who knew seven years later you would be making the work that you're making now. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. It's like I have proved to myself the opposite of my worldview. Like, I was living a certain way while also proving it wrong. Exactly. (laughs) Like, my actions were totally proving it wrong. (laughs) I mean, like, the past eight years has gone by like that. Yeah. We met eight years ago. I know. It's gone by like that. I know. And the next eight years is also going to go by like that. Probably even faster. Oh, yeah, because time is speeding up. And, yeah, and we don't have school, you know, or at least I never will. Um, (laughs) And, uh, and, like, that class structure, like, kept time, you know. Yeah. uh, Pumped the brakes a little bit. but, But, yeah. So the next eight years, it's like, you know, if I just keep going, look where I'll be then. I mean. Exactly. I guess, really, that's all we can do is, like, if we just do our best every day, then that's all we can do. That's literally all we can do. Yeah. And I was... Mm, Which is kind of a relieving thing. But then those days where I know I didn't do my best is when I really, like, start just beating up on myself. Like, come on. Like... Oh, my God, same. Because that's all my dad... I grew up with my dad telling me that. 
if whether it was softball, if it was grades, whatever it was, he would he would tell me he's like as long as you can look me in the eye and tell me you did your best at this thing. Mm-hmm. If you fail, then I can't. Then you gave it all you had, and I can't be mad at you. Yeah. I do that to myself yeah. now. I'm like, I think to myself, I'm like, did you do everything you could? Like, did you do your best? And I think about, and even at 27, I think about in my head, could you look at your dad and tell him? Yeah, or yourself. And if, Yeah, and if I can't say yes to that, then I get down on myself. Yeah, because, I mean, we're kind of wired that way. Which yeah. Is, it's good, I mean, in a sense, to like, you know, to recognize you didn't do your best today. Like, that's... Yeah. But, but the, then we have to think about what is attainable. What what definition of best is attainable for the day? But the only way to, like, chastising yourself over it doesn't do anything. The only solution is to just do better the next day. Yeah, well. <laughs> Move forward. Yeah, I mean, that's really, I, I mean, know. that's it. I, I know, mean, I know. I mean. Close out the noise and just do your best, not someone else's best. Mm, oh, that's all. That opens up a whole other yeah. door right there. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I really, um, yeah, I mean, and it sounds kind of weirdly simple, but I, but I think part of the reason I'm, I've gone through this emotional thing is because I have, well, yeah, I've been like, there's been a lot of self chastisement. I've been avoiding the inevitable this whole time and I needed some education. I needed to learn and get better at what I was doing before I like went balls out on my own. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's a little bit of, I know I'm not pursuing it more because I am afraid of it. Mm. And so in a sense, to me, that was like, Will, you know for a fact you're avoiding something. Mm. And so I've had to like wake up facing that every day. And now I'm just like, screw it, I'm not going to avoid it anymore. Mm. I'm just going to do it. And if it fails horribly, then I can go back to what I was doing. Or do I mean, it's like, it's really not that hard. It's like, Face your fear, run at it, and, I mean, that's, that's what I learned too. It's like, opportunities spring, like, work begets work. You just work towards something, and it may be, not be the opportunity your goal was, but you may get an opportunity somewhere else. It's like, yeah. things crop up as you're moving forward. Yeah. So, if you just move forward, like, like, stuff will be there. No, yeah, it's like, as long as you work... Work, 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 move forward, move forward. Yeah. You're going to get somewhere eventually. Yeah. You got to land somewhere. Yeah, it just but may it's not just be like, your plan. Exactly. You don't know where it's going to be. And it may be better than my plan. You but, just don't know. But we can't get mad at ourselves when it's not what we planned. Yeah. As long as I can look at myself in the mirror and I'm not, like, avoiding or... Yeah. You know, yeah, if I'm not, like, afraid of something and I'm actively living in avoidance of it. Mm-hmm. As long as I can do that... I'm usually pretty happy, but I haven't uh, been able to do that yet, so. Same. Um, I kind of am now. I've, I think now I've lived with this weight off my shoulders a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. In a way where it's like, you know, uh, I'm in control. Mm-hmm. Like, not really, I mean, you know, but I'm in control of the minutia of life more than I was. Mm-hmm. Before I was just like a follower, a disciple of an employer, whoever else, and now it's like, no, it's Will Malone time. He's mm-hmm. he's doing it, and uh, yeah, I don't know. And I would say that's what another thing that this podcast is for me is something I can control. I can control who's on it. Mm-hmm. I can control to a degree what we talk about. Yeah, you know, but it's also. Is I've never had control. Well, I mean, I have, but I've never harnessed the control I have over mm-hmm. how I think yeah. and making it known how yeah. I think and what I believe. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I mean, I would say when we first met, I didn't really think for myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, I obviously didn't know who it was, so yeah. figuring that out. But the thought of making my own voice heard mm-hmm. and embracing that was just like, no. But now I'd say that's what this podcast is for me. It gives me control. And I want this for the record is that I have really noticed. I mean, I know you still haven't done like that many episodes. But I mean like it's already like improved from the first ones where it was just like rambling. And now I feel like you're a bit focused. You're a bit more focused. It's like Mm -hmm. each episode is a digestible length about something. Mm -hmm. And it's like it almost is designed around... Like, and I think you did this unintentionally, but you, it's been designed around 
figuring stuff out. Oh, it has. But oh. in a focused way, and I think I think you're only going to get better at it. Mm. Because, like, even this conversation, you know, like, we didn't randomly go on a tangent about, like, Jurassic World or something like that, you know? Right, yeah. Like, this is about something. Mm-hmm. And I think that you'll really benefit from having conversations where people can feel like, oh, crap, like, I'm not alone. Exactly. <laughs> you know? No, that's exactly what I want this to be. Okay, and I think I might have said this on episode six mm-hmm. in my intro, you know? The first few episodes were just kind of getting to know me, getting a feel yeah. for my personality, the personality of my my circle of people. But now I'm like, no, I do want to talk about the hard things. But that's what self-helpless, the yeah. self-helpless podcast was for me. Was showing, hearing those girls talk about their struggles, I'm like, oh my word. Y'all are 20-something years old, just like I am. They range from, I think the youngest is 24 the oldest is 29. Yeah. And the things that they say, I've literally said out loud in the car. I'm like, oh my God, I do that too. Mm-hmm. And I'm not crazy, you know? And so that's what inspired me to do this. Speaking of that real quick, you need to listen to self-helpless podcast that came out today. Mm-hmm. I haven't finished listening to it, but I think you would enjoy it. So okay. check that out. What episode is this? This is seven. Seven. Lucky number seven. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I was going to say like, uh, you know... I mean, I would I would say, like, you know, do a lot of episodes and then kind of change it up. But I think it'd be cool if you, if you like, pursued talking to people who weren't in your immediate friend group. Yes. But, like, what would be crazy is if you talked to people who were, like, in a different line of work than even you were. Mm-hmm. And you guys have the same problems. Like, that would be, like, you know, like, how you can cross barriers. Mm. And that's why, I, that's why, like, uh, when I... When I look for, stupid, uh, I hate saying it. When I look for inspiration on the internet, <laughs> no, like when when I follow people on Instagram, like I like to follow people who aren't photographers. Like I really don't mm-hmm. like to follow photographers because you can just like get in this weird bubble of just like, you know, stuffs. You know, it's just like the photographer world is kind of like kind of terrible, really, if you're just in that. But like, I like seeing the similarities between photographer and like chefs. Like that's kind of my like I right. love. I love, like, the whole world of chefs and cooking because there's a lot of parallels. Writers, musicians. Like, I mm-hmm. I like those people because they're doing the same thing just with a different medium, per se, so. No, I get that 100%. And I think that's why I've been so all about comedy lately. Mm-hmm. Because I, about the same time, I, I got into comedy. And then through that's when I decided, okay, I really want to start this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's... It's all art. It's all an, a creative outlet that I've never had. Yeah. This is just my thing. This is just... This is this is mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, you're right. I do... That is the next step. I want to start looking at people I'm going to be teaching with at Cleveland State or, you know, the officers that I work with. Anybody like that that I can almost kind of interview in mm-hmm. a way. Um, I have someone coming actually Wednesday. Um, he wants to talk about history. And so he's, Oh wait, really? So you've already got these kind of lined up then? I got one lined up, but he oh, he's sweet. a friend of a he's a friend of a friend. Um so it's not really someone from like work that I've asked yeah. yet, but I feel like this is gonna be my step. This is kind of outside of my immediate friend group, you know? Yeah, there you go. So I'm kind of excited. But that's what I want it to be. Like yeah. this is a cross between getting curious by Jonathan Van Ness and self helpless. There you go. You know, I wanna be real, but I also I do want to interview people who are in different disciplines than I've ever been in. And yeah, it's a mix of things because, you know, like great artists steal from multiple sources. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, it needs to be Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I feel like so far, it, especially the last But you may be three, 50 by the time it is. You don't know. No. Doesn't well, need to be tomorrow. I mean, yeah, because like, <laughs> but you like who, it am, who am I? Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know, like, exactly. And, and it may be like you become somebody but don't realize it until like 10 years after you kind of became somebody. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I could be doing something just because I'm doing it. Like, that's mm-hmm. really that's really where you're in a good place is like if you're forcing yourself to do something and be like someone else and mm-hmm. be, you know, like somebody, it's like there's something, number one, disingenuous about it that people don't trust. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something kind of like a little sad about it because that means you're avoiding yourself or just kind of like, you know, you don't, 
aren't putting in the time to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because, you know, the, the point is, is that people imprison themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, people, like, Dan the accountant, you know, he may have been a incredible slack key guitarist and he just was like put that aside just so he could like do something like be an accountant and Mm. he just if he delved into the slack key who knows where that would take him you know and i'm not saying you know some people have different circumstances like you know i mean some people have to do work they don't want to do i mean that's fine but forcing yourself to be something that you are not Mm -hmm. just because you are lustful after a certain lifestyle i feel like is kind of like kind of like scary like to be honest if I were to pick an art form it would not be photography but photography is the thing that I just do I have to do it mm-hmm. it's the thing that I picked up like I was going I was cleaning cleaning out the house and I found all my old drawings I, I was like I, I don't draw anymore um hmm. I, I kind of like purged that from me for some reason I don't know uh, but like if I could be an artist I want to go like full-on and like paint and stuff right but right now I just I do photography. That's what I that's just what I have to do. That's what feeds my soul. Mm-hmm. But I see other art forms and I think, man, like photography's so limited compared to that. You know, I I become jealous of different art forms, but I do photography because that's just I just have to do it. That's just your thing. There's just nothing. There's <laughs> nothing. It's hard to explain. Like when mm-hmm. I was talking to Robert Schoolfield, and he was just like, yeah, I've been doing this since I was a kid. I just have to do it. You know, mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, I would love to make more money. You know having a steady job at some company, but this is just me. It's what I have to do. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's why uh, this is a little bit deep, but you know the director, David Lynch? Yes. He did Twin Peaks. um, And, uh, well, you watched that movie the other day, Anna. Mulholland Drive. He did a bunch of movies that are kind of weird, surreal stuff. And he he definitely has a style. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, he, he came out with a documentary about his growing up or somebody made a documentary about him and it um is uh uniquely terrible (laughs) like like I I came away kind of angry because um I mean I know David Lynch is like a legend because he's just weird like and and you know he's mainstream and successful blah blah blah. you know I don't need to be like jealous or anything but but he the whole point of the movie is that he just got into art because he wanted to live the art life the movie's called David Lynch, The Art Life. Oh. And it's like he wanted to live the art life, which is fine, and it eventually, like, led him to find him, I guess, or whatever. But it was just kind of, like, grotesque the way he talked about, like, I just wanted to be an artist because being an artist is cool and whatever, which is fine. I mean, Anthony Bourdain's the same way. He got into heroin because all the rock stars did heroin. I mean, there's a there's an element of that when you're young, I guess, that you just, like, I see that and I want to be that. But how many actual how many people that are actually artists today would be like yeah this is so cool being an artist they probably yeah. be like god i wish i could do anything else but i just can't yeah like and, what you just said i guess and i mean it's different for everybody but like i feel like to me being as into photography as i am is kind of a curse because my my day-to-day of like um funding my life is going to be a little harder than the guy who uh, is like an investment banker because mm-hmm. he doesn't have necessarily the distraction of <laughs> wanting to pay for film to shoot with or uh, wanting to go on a journey across the United States for a month <laughs> because he just has to see it and just live it and breathe it and shoot it and do whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he just clocks in and clocks out. Right. And I would love to be able to be satisfied by that, but I just can't. I keep trying it, and I just keep I keep it keeps blowing up in my face, and yeah. I end up just being miserable and reliving the same crap over and over again. And that's why I think you're an emotional person. <laughs> End podcast over. <laughs> Drops phone. Boom. <laughs> we we can't brought it back around. Yeah. I mean, but really, I mean, you're not the kind of person that can be confined to a cubicle, though you would like to be, because then you don't have to feel all this shit. I, and the thing is, is like. Part of the hard part for me is I grew up in a family of very practical people. Mm. And they're, I mean, my mother is extremely smart and logical. Uh, my family on that side, they all are, you know, the pharmacy school, work in bank, you know, all this stuff. My dad's a realtor. That real, I mean, it's like, 
it's like very practical. It's like because I mean, and you know maybe their generation's smarter because they've seen like some hard stuff. Is like you just have to provide, and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like I, for some reason, think like I know what's practical, and I keep being like, yeah, but I'm gonna do like. I remember when I decided to major in art. I delayed it because I was afraid to to admit that that's what I wanted to do. Mm. I, I was afraid to, which I don't know why. My parents were supportive. Like my dad, I remember having a conversation with my dad. I was sitting in the Starbucks parking lot in my Nissan, my O2 Nissan Sentra that I shipped from Hawaii. I was sitting there in the car outside of Starbucks, and I called my dad and said because I had stayed an undecided major. Mm. I was going to do history and become a teacher. Because I knew that's oh, what Jesus. I knew that's what my mom wanted to hear. But then when I saw the reading and writing I had to do, I was like, eh, no, <laughs> no, that's a lot of work. <laughs> no. And so I remember calling my dad and saying, "Hey, Dad, I think I've decided my major." He's like, "Oh yeah, what do you want to do?" I was like, "I want to major in art." And he was like, "Well, he was like, you can do that. Just know uh, you may have to put in some work after college to make that." work (laughs) and he was like and he totally supportive whatever but he was just like just know i mean there are like real world you know uh, there's there's added difficulty to that you know Mm -hmm. and uh and he i mean he's totally spot on i mean it, it it is it's like it's like when other when some people are just clocking in and they have a job and they get paid decently like they don't have to think or worry about that. Like, they've figured out their career path. The mm-hmm. guy that stays in their job for 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's something he doesn't have to worry about. He may hate it along the way or wish he was doing other things and maybe even regret that path. But, like, like my day-to-day, like, providing for myself has been a big problem because I'm like, I just, I refuse to, like, live this way because I am miserable I've been doing production work essentially for five years now, and I have I have gotten stronger in a lot of places that I was weak, but I don't get to use my strengths, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And I just I want to work out the part of my brain that is actually like good at stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like I keep just having to do stuff I'm not good at, mm-hmm. and it kind of like sucks the life out of you. Um, and so like I, <laughs> I came up with this theory recently that if you work really hard in college like uh and do engineering or medical school or something like that if you work really hard in college you probably won't have to worry about life as much because things will be provided for you you make a lot of money blah blah blah. but if you decide to study art and slack off in college (laughs) then uh you may have to deal with the consequences of that afterward which is i 100 percent believe at this point because it's like you know but did you choose art just so you could slack off no, it's because yeah. it, it was the only thing I knew that I, w- I wouldn't hate. Exactly. Yeah. So it'd be even more of a problem for you if you hadn't have done art. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'd be five times more miserable. Oh, yeah. And then everybody around you would be miserable. Yeah. I slowly just... It's all fear. It's all fear-based. It's all, I guess, emotion-based. It's all, <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> it's all fear-based. It's like I'm afraid to admit that this is actually what I have to be doing mm. to the people around me. And And the thing is, is like a lot of people have the family where they think, you know, I don't want to tell my dad I want to be an artist or whatever. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is, like, I have that fear, and I totally have the support of everybody, you know, in my Mm -hmm. family. Like, nobody's telling me not to do it. Right. That's part of the problem with doing this photography business is, like, nobody's telling me I can't do it, which would have powered me up more. It's like, people keep telling me, yeah, you can do it, I know. We we all know you can do it. Like, I'm like, shut up, tell me I can't do it. So Uh, I, like, feel stronger, you know? But no, it's like, people are just encouraging me. Everybody around me is encouraging me. And that's a problem. And it's a problem. It's like, ugh, tell me I suck. Tell me I can't do it, so so I want to just show you up, you know? And and so (laughs) now I feel, like, finally free to admit the stuff I've actually, like, the stuff I actually want to do and be. And I I guess, I guess uh, it's kind of, I've just had this weird shame about it mm. for so long mm-hmm. for no reason other than I just don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I had this weird shame. I just like, this is just what I have to do. Yeah. And if I just kept closed up, I don't know. I mean, that would have been like, I would just. You'd explode. Grid my teeth and lived a, no, yeah, I would have exploded You'd actually. You'd have no teeth. Yeah, I, I, I would have exploded. I, I honestly think like being the personality I am, mm-hmm. maybe this is me exploding slightly. It's like, 
like if I had done this for you know ten years instead of maybe five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, it'd be bad. But you I didn't so. I I don't know. Yeah, I did. I'm just gonna do it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah. Anyway, I don't really. Again, I feel like I talked out this podcast. No, this is okay. So this is. I want to switch it up as in the formats and how I do it. Like, this mm-hmm. one was more of kind of like, not really interview, but more so just learning from you. That, but that's how I'm <laughs> please, on it. Though. Please no one take any of my advice. Oh, my gosh. Stop. <laughs> Stop. So, I guess before we wrap up, Anna, close your ears. I should probably, you know, we should address that thing from the podcast before where you felt like I, whatever... Put words in your mouth. Or oh yeah, 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 yeah. Why didn't I have to close your ears for this? Because she always tells me I'm giving you a big head. <laughs> oh yeah. So you said something about like uh, you have to like uh, be miserable to create art or something. Like I said that, and I didn't. However, I didn't say that. However, I've been really thinking about that since I heard you guys say that. Oh god. Uh, what episode was that that you said that? It was oh, with Leah, that was like right? Four, I think. I think it was just me and Leah. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of episodes ago you said, like, uh, you know, artists has to be miserable to, like, make stuff. And while I, I didn't say that, number one, just want to be clear. Uh, number two, I have started to think about it, and I think I have, two, I have two emotions. I'm either really miserable or really happy. Mm. There's no in-between. And mm. I think if I hit the lukewarm world, mm-hmm. I don't do anything. But if I am like very miserable or very happy, mm-hmm. I will I will make so. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in between, I won't. So I, I think I think there's two sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. I remember my fourth 365 project, which is weird to say, being on my sixth, my fourth one, <laughs> episode four, uh, where I did portraits. That's a depressing series of portraits the whole year. Dark. I was like flipping through jobs, uh, doing all kinds of stuff I didn't want to do. I did school photography for, um, you know, the uh, the Empire, aka Life Touch. Uh, I worked on the Death Star as a stormtrooper for Life Touch, um, and I was miserable doing that. I was miserable at a different job I was doing, and I think that was the year I did two, both of them at once. And I would like wake up at four a.m. and come home at midnight or something like that. Jesus, just like killing myself and. Yeah. That was like probably the peak of the misery I've I've had in life, really. <laughs> Just day to day waking up and be like, ugh. <laughs> if I have to do this forever, I'm gonna this is not gonna not be. make it. But like you look at all those photos I shot, I did a I was doing a portrait every day. Um because I just found I liked shooting portraits, which is now is predominantly what I shoot. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like I, I it's you can see it developing my style, but like every photo is like dark and depressing. <laughs> Like pretty much. It's just a reflection. Like there's a yeah, there's a there's a definitely and and I actually had some people even message me just from the lighting of my photos. Like I don't even know if I necessarily put depressing captions up. I think it was just from the lighting of my photos. People asked like, "Hey, you going through something, buddy?" Like, really? Were asking me that. Yeah, I had like two or three people like message me throughout the project, be like, "Yo, so interesting. You, you all right?" And then, um, yeah, and so it was. Uh, yeah, so this year has been, um, this past month, I've been shooting, like, darker photos, just because, I don't know why, I just am, because mm-hmm. I've been, like, bummed out about our apartment that I hate, and all kinds of stuff, and, like, and it was like, ooh, it's like, it kind of happened again this month, but then I was like, you know, like, your life ain't that miserable, like, get over yourself, you're just like, you're just like salty because you're just impatient, that's really what it is then, yeah, but it's like, it's like one or the other. It's like really happy or really not happy. Um, and this year's been just a, a quite a pendulum swing mm. uh, in both directions. There hasn't been just like a a lukewarm thing. But if I'm being honest, I don't like feeling lukewarm because then there's not as much movement. And so I I try not to just be, you know, being calm I, I don't think works to my, it works to my detriment really. So, you know, some people have to be really miserable, but also, like, I've made a lot of my best work when I'm really happy, so. I think yes and no and okay. yes. So, just because it's my podcast and I have to, I have, to have the last word on okay, this. Okay, fine, fine. So, 
I think when we said that, I said, I'm pretty sure Will and I had the conversation where this was said. But not that you took that stance, but... I just wanted to, like... And I'm pretty sure this is the exact same conversation I couldn't remember that we had when this was said. Well, I'll remember it. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to you know, I like to exaggerate. No, I know, I know. And uh, it, it adds drama to the podcast. But I knew as soon as I said that while we were recording, because Lee and I recorded in my room, I was like, yeah. That's going to come back and bite me. <laughs> I one day in 10, maybe 20 years, want to check Entertainment Weekly and be like, Will Malone has beef with podcaster Kelsey West. Like, <laughs> and it's like a Twitter feud or something or whatever. Oh, is that's going to be the day. <laughs> and people are like, oh my gosh, are they fighting? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. We still care. This famous is just artist, normal. Famous artist Will Malone and podcaster Kelsey West. Huge brawl in the streets. <laughs> has an, and then all the friends around us are just like, well, they're at it again. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I know. I know. Man, if only. That's the thing. It's just like, you know. I, I was thinking about this too today, and we can we can wrap it up in a yeah, second. Yeah, it. Our podcasts always end up going longer than everyone I like else's. it. It's fine. Um, but uh, I was thinking today too, is like I was listening to this random podcast that somebody told me about um, that's just like, it's like apparently I met the guy who's like friends with this guy and this podcast is like really professional and like super well done and whatever. Mm-hmm. Seems like a podcast that probably has like, a, gets a lot of listeners. Like it just, it's been going for a while. Gets pretty solid interviews, you know, with people from all over the world. And I was thinking, you know, there's so much room out there in the marketplace right now mm-hmm. for anybody. And the people that are going to be successful are the ones that just keep going and keep mm-hmm. chipping away and just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, you think there's only room for like three or four big podcasters? No, there's like hundreds of like maybe B or C level that like mm. have success that they can pay their rent or whatever with right. it because they don't necessarily live in LA or New York. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be famous and live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yep, and build an audience slowly just because you just keep going. Mm-hmm. And that's really like. And that's just encouraging for me is, like, you see, you, you perceive that everyone's a photographer, but really, there's there's room for everybody. Yeah. And if you just keep going, and if you're good, and you make smart decisions, business-wise, um, and you don't spend all your money on, like, the shiniest camera, you know, <laughs> it's like, you, you can, I mean, you can carve out a living for yourself. Yeah. There's room out there. That's That's kind of the beauty of, like... America is like you see all these little businesses and you're like how do they survive yeah um like like there's a vacuum store in Thomasville yeah and you're like right. yeah they've been open forever and the, still going still going and you're just like there's room for them I they've mean there's been... room for I mean it's just cr- it's crazy it really mm-hmm. just like puts everything into perspective there's there really is room for those who really want something all it takes is patience I mean that's really the secret Ugh. is patience, which you know I'm. It's foreign to me, but next podcast episode, patience, patience, and uh, I'm not going to be the guest on it. Anna will. Anna's patient. <laughs> Anna could be the patient guest. Anna, you, you do need your own episode. You need a one-on-one with Anna. Like, have me away from here because I interject too much, interrupt. I'm like, I I will hijack the podcast <laughs> with stuff I say. You need uh, to invite Anna over, and not me. And talk to Anna because okay. Anna needs to be heard and interviewed. You should interview Anna. All right. I want her talking most of the episode. Oh, okay. you know, Anna, you know give mean? me some time and I'll come up with some questions and a topic. Because okay? there's some gems that you can get out of her that no one gets to hear ever. Mm. Once you get her talking, she won't stop. <laughs> you want to plug anything? Uh, I suppose um, right now I'm I'm in a phase where I'm trying not to make crazy business decisions because we're in flux. Um, we'll be moving in a couple months, so moving's really trying to figure all that out. It's been my priority. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, saving up some extra money. Then vacation. Um, desperate need of that. That'll be great. Uh, we're gonna drive across the U.S., so I'll probably do a lot of um, creative stuff on that trip. That's kind of for me, it's kind of a creative pilgrimage, mm. uh, which Anna is partnering with. I'm sure she'll be in a lot of photos. <laughs> um, and then then I'm really going to get down to business, um, shooting some weddings in December and uh, bridal shows January. So like, so, like, this year for me is just, like, flux for the rest of the year, mm. vacation and flux. So 
I'm trying not to do anything too crazy. I'm just doing photo jobs um, that are in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. And um, just taking it in stride and enjoying my last couple months in Chattanooga and then moving and looking forward to vacation. So anyway, uh, I don't have anything immediate to plug other than like Instagram. That's I post a lot there. Um, and I've posted, I've started an Instagram account for my business stuff. Um, I haven't posted much there, but anyways, my main account is at Will Malone and links to everything are there basically wilmalone.com I have a secret uh, journal tumbler that I've half maintained for years and years that I reinvigorated uh, a few weeks ago so uh, it's out there but I don't post links to it because I'd rather people just stumble upon it than Mm. me just like be like uh, here it is so yeah you can discover that all you want but okay. that's that's pretty much it the tumblr i post things that i don't post on instagram just as like a it's more of a document for me oh, okay so that i can look back and kind of track stuff so um and i don't get any traffic on it hardly which i check I'm all the time look. yeah you can i mean that's fine i mean anybody can go look i don't post anything on there that's like right I, there aren't you're not gonna find any nude pics or anything of me <laughs> uh unfortunately <laughs> sorry <laughs> You ain't gonna find any of my nudes Damn on there, it. but uh, but yeah, it's you know, it's just it's a venting place that's safe where I don't like sabotage my professional career on Wimbledon.com by mm. accidentally saying something I regret. So it's like a half secret blog. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I'm shooting weddings. If you're getting married, hit me up. Uh, you know, first one, <laughs> buy the first one, second one's half off. That's a that's a little bit of wedding photography uh, humor. LOL. A little bit of wedding photography humor there. Uh, it's depressing. I try not to tell people that, but this seems that's like a, a good, good time. One. Maybe. Yeah. Here, we need to do one last. I'll have a glass. We oh, can yeah, do a clink. Oh, nice. All right. Bye, guys.